Do you ever find yourself telling your child, let's just get through this? We're going to discuss that today. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Have you ever found yourself telling your child, let's just get through this so we can move on? Well, that's the question we want to discuss today. Laura Pitney is here to join me and discuss this question. It's a good one. Here it goes. I find that when our lessons are languishing, or if my son is complaining, I have a tendency to say, let's just get through so we can move on as I get impatient with his dawdling or distractions. What is an alternative mindset and several phrases I can use other than, let's just get through this? It's a great question. I think we have all been there. We have. So shall we just get through this? Yeah. <laughs> We've been there multiple times. <laughs> I think she has a good question of what other phrases can she use, but I want to back up a step first and think through a little checklist of proactive, what what might you want to check and make sure you're doing to try to avoid that situation as much as possible? Agreed. There's definitely some things to check. So yeah. making sure you have the right book or curriculum that you're using. Yeah, that it's living. Yes. Because if, if you're just sitting there doing textbooks and workbooks all day, then yeah, let's just get through this. Right. You know, forget that. So living books, we want to make sure we're doing that. Um, we also want to make sure we're doing short lessons. If the lessons are dragging out forever, then... Yeah. And that's hard because if they're dwaddling and distracted, then the intended short lesson does become a long lesson. It can, but remember the the little tip Charlotte gave us that we can do. When you see your child starting to dawdle, starting to glaze over, you know, then set that lesson aside temporarily. Mm -hmm. Go do something completely different. Use a different part of the brain then come back to that lesson and finish it up. It's good advice. It is. Sometimes we do it and sometimes we don't, but I think it would help if we keep it in mind. So does that fall under the umbrella of the variety of subjects? Is this when you would apply that? You want variety in your whole week anyway. I mean, whether the child's dawdling or not, you want to have that variety. Some things you're going to do every day, but if every day looks like every other day then you don't have that good variety. One of the reasons Charlotte included a wide variety of subjects was to keep it interesting and to use those different parts of the brain. So there's another thing to check. Make sure you've got the variety and make sure that you're ordering the sequence of your day so you're using different parts of the brain and not over-tiring mm -hmm. one part. So reading after reading after reading yeah, is not a good a idea. No -no. Uh -uh. <laughs> you, could, you could read and narrate and then go do your math. Use right. the numbers part of your brain or um, do a couple of minutes of handwriting and then go do your nature study and then look at a picture. Now you could come back to another read and narrate, but don't do those back to back to back. Another idea as far as checking, and let's say um, you do see the warning signs that your child's fixing to be distracted or, you know, um, not give the full attention is to maybe practice that at a different time. So, you know, I was thinking have, um, have a child help you cook a recipe or something and give them their full attention of counting how many eggs or helping measure, you know, just giving that full attention 
in other areas of life skills, so to speak, mm-hmm. to where when you come back to that lesson, you're reinforcing that habit you've been working on. So even just if you understand that um, they have the tendency to be distracted or um, whatever the situation is, recognize that and then also figure out how can you practice getting better at that habit that they're maybe weak in. Not just in school work. Correct, correct. That way you're right. building up their confidence all around to where when, when you say, okay, it's time to focus, they know what that means. Yeah, and there's a good phrase, yeah. by the way. It's time to focus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so so we've talked about the checklist of things to think about first. Now let's dive into what if you're in that situation. Yeah, you're doing all those things. Yeah. You're, you're doing what you're supposed to be, but sometimes that situation can still happen. Um, I think an important thing to think about is, is the dawdling and the distraction uh, an every so often event? Is it because he stayed up late the night before? Is it because he's tired? Is it because he's not feeling well? So Angry. He needs food. There you go. <laughs> is it just a once in a while thing or is this a habit? So if it's just a once in a while it's, it's happening, let's talk about some ways we can approach that. Yeah, I think that it's important that if it if you can distinguish between it just happens every once in a while and it has become a habit, you know, first of all, you need to distinguish that. So um, if it's a once in a while thing, I think there's a lot of grace there. But I also think there's a lot of um, verbal cues to point out. So even just to say, you know what, you work really hard and I'm so thankful you give me your best. But right now, I feel like you're kind of getting distracted. So let's take a deep breath and let's keep going. So even recognizing it in the moment to where it doesn't become the habit, I think is important. So just that verbal acknowledgement that you know it's happening to where the child can then realize it's happening. Because a lot of times they have all the emotions and all the things and they're not even aware of it. I mean, we're not aware of half of our emotions, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, so adults, to, help yeah. them, to help them recognize that, okay, I'm right on that verge of fixing to struggle with something. So let me, you know, stop it right now and, you know, get back on track. So as the teacher, as the parent, to help coach them through what could become a bad habit. Yes, so that's that a good oral, point. So that oral communication about what's happening. I think it's, it's key. <laughs> yeah. Another way we can coach them, mm-hmm. that word triggered an idea that we can take, maybe the child is just overwhelmed yeah. with the thought of, I have to do this for 20 minutes, or I have to do this for 30 minutes. We don't know how old this child sure. is, but maybe it's just overwhelming to look at it. And maybe we can coach them through by breaking it down into smaller steps yeah. and challenging them saying, okay, um, First, we're going to review what we did last time. Give it your full effort, and it's only going to take two minutes. You can do this yeah. for two minutes. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to read and narrate now. And and I think especially this is a boy in this situation. And some girls, too, will rise to the challenge of, this is a hard thing I'm asking you to do. And I recognize it's a hard thing, but I'm going to challenge you. Can you do the hard thing? Yeah. They need to hear that. They need to be able to have those moments to display that courage that it takes to do the hard things. Yes. So I have a, I have two great examples of this that just happened yesterday. So my nine-year-old daughter is the youngest, and she tends to have the baby child syndrome sometimes because there's plenty of other people to help her out with things. 
Um, but I specifically asked her, um, it was time to make her bed. Like, I want her to go make her bed, and I'll, I'll come check it to make sure she, she got it done. And I could just immediately feel the defeat in her. Mm-hmm. So two things came to mind. Um, the first thing being, I, I knew it was going to be hard for her because multiple days had passed since I physically helped her make her bed. So if I help her make her bed, it's a lot easier when we do it together. We, we start from scratch, like we pull up the, the flat sheet, then we do the, you know, the two blankets. So it's easier for her to make her bed the next few days after I've reset it, so to speak. So come day three or four, when she's having to do it all by herself and she's kicked the blankets and they're all over the place, it's a lot harder for her to make the bed. So as soon as I asked her to do that, I knew it had been a few days since I had helped her. I could just tangibly see the defeat of it's going to be really hard. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement to her was, okay, start with the the very first layer of the sheet, you know, pull that up, you know, get it all smooth and then do the, do the blanket and pull it up and get it how you want it. And then do the comforter and then put your pillow. Like it was a step-by-step process, helping her to see that, okay, I can do the sheet. Number one, I can do the blanket. So it helped her, um, I guess, see the process that needed to take place versus seeing the huge mess and how in the world could she do it by herself? It's a queen bed, get it? And she's a little petite thing. So I do show her some grace with the size of the bed. But I also was like, you can do this. Believe in me as your mother that I would not ask you to do this if I didn't think you could do it. Mm. I know you can do it. And so just feeding her the confidence. So helping her step by step and then helping her to believe in me that I'm, I'm here to help her. You can do it. You can make up the bed. So she was not happy about it. It did not change the heart of the issue. And so that was a conversation we later had, you know, that, you know, it was hard and you didn't want to do it, but the right thing to do was to still obey with a happy heart. So anyway, long story short, you know, she went up there and when I went to check on her, she was just getting the comforter up and ready to put her pillows on and she did it. She was able to do it, but it was overwhelming to start with because she saw the big mess. And the same thing with her laundry. She brings her laundry down. She feeds it into the washing machine. I usually help her switch it over and then, you know, it ends up being a big pile of clothes. So it's a sorting job. And she just sees the big pile of clothes and I'm like, okay, get all your pajamas here, all your shirts here, all your pants here, all your socks. Let's just start in small, a small process first, and then we'll, you know, get it all put away. So it's the same thing in this application of schoolwork is if they're overwhelmed with the time allotment or even the course, the work, you know, itself, sometimes just giving them that practical, okay, like you said, the step-by-step processes, give me two great minutes. I know you can do it. And then moving on to, you know, I really wouldn't ask you to do this if I didn't know you could do it. So just giving them that positive spin that you have confidence in what they're doing. And, you know, I feel like sometimes if you're doing those two things, it helps with the distractions and the dwaddling because you're helping them stay focused on what's fixing to happen next. That's a great point. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I'm thinking sometimes the idea of being overwhelmed at the whole mess can be on mama. Yeah. Because we're thinking, I've got to get all this schoolwork done today. 
So let's and just get through it. Let's move. Let's yeah. move. Let's move, child. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my whistle? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So sometimes it can help if there is a good reason for it, if we are trying to be proactive in all these other areas, mm-hmm. but we just know that today is just going to be one of those off days. Which happens. It does, because we're all human. So maybe we can, rather than say, I have to get this much done, this whole amount, maybe we can have a plan B for the off days. Yes. I 100% agree with you that some days our attitude is, let's just get it done. Like, we're, that's just where we're at. That's where we land. And it's not just schoolwork. It may be housework or all the things. Oh, like, yeah. let's just make it through this day. All I want to do is get in my pajamas and get back in bed. Like, that's the goal yep. <laughs> yep. of the day. And not kill any of the kids. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So given, yes, days like that for sure happen. And for you to say to have a plan for those days, I think a super valuable part of that is it helps us not feel guilty. So to give ourselves the grace that, you know, today's one of those off days. So instead of doing all the things, we're going to do, you know, these three things instead. Have so a life having, schedule. Yeah, so having a plan I think the benefit to that is knowing those days are going to come, and then it helps us not feel guilty that we didn't do all the things we expected of ourselves. Yeah. And that could be if mama's not feeling well, has a chronic illness or pregnant or whatever. Um, Moving. (laughs) Moving, yes. Grace on you, yes. And it could also be if you see that in your child, if you know your child's not feeling well or is just struggling with something else and the mind is wanting to go somewhere else all the time. Like we said, it's not just a bad habit that has been formed, but it's something real in their lives right now. That grace would be a great thing. Another idea that came to me is you can give that child choices. Because choices, small choices, are what helps a child develop a stronger will. When they make a small choice and experience the consequence of it, those consequences are what teach the child whether that was a choice. Yeah, yeah. whether <laughs> that was a good person. choice or not. So what you can do is um, look at the situation and say, okay, you, I like to go through the who, what, where, when, why. Okay. And the the what is what cannot be changed. The schoolwork, it must be done, or whatever that lesson is. If it's on the list, you know, and we're not going to throw it out for the day, then the what cannot change. But maybe the when can change. Maybe you can give that to your child as a choice. And again, you have to be willing to let him (laughs) choose either one. So you might say, we have five minutes left for this math lesson, and then we're going to move on to something else. I would say, just get it done. <laughs> That's what I would say. That's just get not, it done. I want to be done. With that would be the easy one. But you could also <laughs> say, we've got five minutes left. Do you want to finish your math lesson now, or do you want to finish it this afternoon instead of whatever free thing he was going to be doing this afternoon? And be good with whatever he chooses. That's hard. It is, <laughs> but it's going to help him learn from that situation. And don't, you know, a lot of it has to do with our attitude and our tone of voice as we present that. Do you want to finish it now or do you want to finish it this afternoon? (laughs) You know, no, it's not like that. It is, we're trying to help him learn from his choice. And so we're going to give him the two choices and give him grace because if he chooses 
a harder one, he's going to have to live with that consequence for the day. So the where, uh, the when could change. The where might change. It might be, do you want to finish this lesson here or do you want to finish it in your bedroom? Or do you want to finish it on the back porch? Maybe the where would help shift things up just enough that it becomes fresh again. Yeah. Or the who. Yes, he has to finish it, but <laughs> it could be who he's going to finish it with. Do you want to finish it with me now or do you want to do it with daddy later this afternoon or tonight when daddy gets home? And again, don't present that as a threat. It's just two choices. Which one do you want to do? And only give two yeah. choices and make sure you are willing to live with either one that he chooses. So make sure they're both viable options. But those, that's how you teach the child. That's how you use consequences mm -hmm. in strengthening the will and in, in learning habits and reinforcing good habits. Really so good. that's another option you can do. Mm -hmm. And then... I also remember the phrase, one of the chapters in Karen Andriola's book, Mother Culture, mm -hmm. can you be brave for five more minutes? <laughs> brave for five more minutes. Maybe that, maybe we need to say that to ourselves, mm -hmm. first of all. <laughs> but then maybe that would be yeah. encouraging to the child as a phrase as well. Well, it's just stirring up that courage that it takes to do the hard thing. And that you're recognizing yeah. that this is a hard thing yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Sometimes we don't think about mental work as a hard thing. Yeah. Yep. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.